welcome, welcome. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast, and we're glad to have you back with us again this week. So we got some fun stuff to talk about, but more importantly, we got Biggie losing his mind as he's watching Edelman not catch a touchdown. So Short the Patriots-Giants game is on in the background. We got an interview with the one and only Bill's dad coming up later in the show, and that guy's a legend. That was Absolute legend. That was great. So I, I consider him a friend of the show now, so we look forward to hopefully talking to him again in the future. But you definitely want to listen for that. But we want to start on a somber note. Mr. Brown is not with us today as his Atlanta Braves didn't make it out of the first inning. I'm just lying. He's right here, and he's really pissed off at everything. Are you okay? I'm not. No. You made me do the show today. I Well, you know, you did a, you did okay last time when they were playing and we did a show, and they didn't win, but I think alcohol was involved, and you got inebriated, didn't care. But you, you were loose, and it was great. But it was, a, it was a tough out. So if you're just waking up and you didn't realize it, the uh, Braves did not have a good outing. The Cardinals are advancing on to the NLCS. But you know what? Instead of talking about how the uh, Cardinals scored 10 runs in the first and all that stuff, I'd rather talk about the Dodgers collapse. I mean, is Kershaw cursed? I mean, is – are they, I don't tell me what's happened. Are they firing their manager? Now? Wait, are you saying anything else about the Braves Cardinals? Or are you just completely writing it off? I'll let you say what you want. I mean, I just wanted to touch on it real quick. I'm not. I'm not going to be all like butthurt about it. But uh, it was a close series. The whole series, Went you know, games. it was it was like anybody's game. Every single game. And I've been watching baseball now. I feel old when I say this. Thirty years now, and I've <laughs> never seen any type of like playoff game turn out that way. Like I had a buddy come over to watch the game, and you know. After the first inning, or not even the whole inning, the game was over. So we looked at each other. We're like, what do we do now? Because uh, there's nothing else to watch. So uh, Cardinals moving on against, uh, you know, the, the the Nats after the Dodgers collapse. And uh, it is what it is. We got next year. We got a nice young core in Atlanta. Just, you know, it is what it is. You're and not going anywhere. So the only thing I'm really going to say on top of that, Brian McCann retired after the game. No one knew what was happening. He didn't ask for a fa- farewell tour. That shows kind of the character. It wasn't all about him. It was about the team. He knew a month and a half ago he was retiring. He chose not to tell the media. All of his teammates and his manager knew. And uh, he said 15 years, started in Atlanta, from Atlanta, finished in Atlanta. He said it was time to go. So my hat's off to Brian McCann. I got his autograph down in Atlanta about 10 years ago. So one of my favorite Braves of all time. So have a nice career. I mean, that's a that's a good deal. And I, I like that he waited till after the season. You know, it wasn't no swan song. It wasn't about him. Right. And you got to respect that, but definitely uh, a great, great brave, and and I'm sure he'll be missed. So who's going to be the catcher next year? Uh, I mean, Flowers has an option, but they're probably going to look at another uh, platoon type because there's no high end catchers on the free agent market. They're all older, so they're probably going to find somebody to pair of Flowers. Catcher better bring a foam finger with him. <laughs> foam tomahawk. Yeah. So so are we are we done with the Braves? Yeah, yeah I've I've said my piece. Right. I just wanted to get a shout out to Mac. All right. That works. All right, so back to the Dodgers question. Uh, why why are they a colossal failure every year in the playoffs? To me, their season this year, World Series or bust, makes this losing in the NLDS as opposed to losing the World Series that much more uh, extravagant of a loss. They're like the Yankees West. They spend so much money. They have all the best players. They have a good farm system. They're just expected to win. You can't be up 2-0 in a series and lose. And then, to be honest with you, 
I don't know how you have guys in your bullpen like they do and you bring in Kershaw in that spot. The one out in the seventh, fine. Then go to your bullpen. That's just a bad managerial decision. I mean, but we saw the Nationals do that with their starters, and it worked brilliantly. Clayton Kershaw's not that guy. <laughs> Why? Why is he not? Why? You know, I've seen even videos and videos of Dodgers fans. I don't know if they're hardcore or not, because you don't know in L.A. who shows up when and who gives a hoot. They, Man, they were the throwing trailer. their Kershaw jerseys on the field after that, that game. That. That I mean, th- there's just certain pitchers that shine when the lights are the brightest, and there's certain pitchers who fold like a lawn chair. And um, he's just the lawn chair. And I hate that because, you know, obviously he wants to do well. He just can't take this, the pressure. But the Dodgers, to me, this is the seventh year in a row they've won their division. I don't know if people realize that. Yep. So they're a team that's built to win the regular season because uh, they have more talent than anybody else in the West over a long haul of 162 games. But, I mean, I'm not shocked that all the Nationals won because I picked the Nationals. They'll beat the you Dodgers in five games because I liked how the matchups with pitching matched up better for Washington than it did for L.A. Because, yeah, you have Bueller and Raul had a great season, but I knew Kershaw was lurking. And I knew if the game was on the line – that was definitely not going to go in their favor. And uh, ba- Dave Roberts gambled, and he lost. And now I guarantee you that's going to be a decision that's going to cost him his job. Yeah, I, If not, something's wrong. Uh, yeah, I think exactly what you said. If Dave Roberts is still their manager next season, there's something internally decision made for a reason other than baseball. The Grim Reaper is knocking at the door. We know that much. Now, Rendon, who was in the MVP discussion, he showed off for the, the series. I think he had, he had close to – I wrote it down here, 412. Mm-hmm. He had over 400 and against some good pitching for the Dodgers. But let's uh, let's talk about how they lost, though. They're up 3-0. It's 3-1 to for the longest time. Then it finally gets to 3-3. to And we get to the – is it the 10th inning? And then Howie Kendrick – knocks in that grand slam and you you just knew it was over i mean it was, it was an awesome moment to see and anytime you got a game five going to extras it's great but to see it in that way you know it, it, and this is what i asked mr brown earlier and biggie i'll ask you would you rather be the braves that get blown out in the first inning and then you just turn the game off and you unplug or would you rather have your heart ripped out the way the dodgers did Game five. I'd rather have my heart ripped out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> They're both game five. <laughs> They're both game five. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that you'd rather have it taken from you. If I lose game two, 13 to nothing or whatever it was. All right. There's still series to go. No, he's rebound. saying like oh, the Braves. Have the Braves right, but that's what I'm saying. In game five, give me throughout the entire game. I want to feel like I'm winning because losing like the Dodgers did is it's losing Mitch Williams. Joe Carter hits a walk-off home run. You thought you were World Series champs. Don't don't let me know the game's over <laughs> 10 I, minutes into it. I gave the same response um, um, to Chad earlier. I mean, the Dodgers were there the whole game and actually leading, and then they gave it away at the end because of a bad decision and a bad performance. But the, the, I hate to say this, the Braves showed up for game five at home, and they got embarrassed. Mm-hmm. So to me, as a, uh, not, I'm not an athlete, obviously, anymore, <laughs> but – I mean, any athlete would rather lose a close game, I think, than get just it ran off their own field. Yeah. What I'm looking at I is think there's not a difference a fan of the, the player and a fan's perspective, though. So you think the players were good with it? No, no, no. I agree with you on that. I'm saying as a fan, I, I would almost just rather stop the bleeding, end it now. You know, don't don't put me in that suspended disbelief. Like, we're all Mountaineer fans. You want to relive 13-9? Mm. I mean, no, you don't. You'd rather relive a 42-7 to Sugar Bowl. You know, because it, it doesn't hurt as bad. 
Yeah, you know what? About 13-9, though, we could have played for a national championship. But you didn't, and you screwed it up, and you lost it. So which fan base is more miserable now? Is it the Dodgers or is it the Braves? Because they are both seriously struggling when it comes to – Oh, you. wait a minute. We got a – Touchdown, that, Golden Tate. Golden Tate. Bitch if I neglected to mention the Patriots and that, Giants uh, one in the background. I think that split uh, took off about 10, 12 points off Biggie's defense. So Biggie's playing the Patriots defense in the fantasy matchup between Biggie and Mr. Brown. That's right. Ooh, that was nice. Look at Golden Tate running like well, He's coming off a suspension. He's fresh. Yes. Oh, Look at that. There he is. Watch him even like showboats too. Like, come get me. Come get me. Ooh. <laughs> So uh, I my, got my question is: hey, before the Super Bowl, which which fan base is, which fan base is more insufferable now? Is it going to be the Braves or the Dodgers? Uh, to me, it's the Dodgers because the Braves, yeah, they have a great team, but they're still early in their in their run here. They're developing, yeah, the Dodgers are seven years in of their division runs, <laughs> kind of like the Braves were in the nineties, but the right. Braves did win one. Yeah. So those ones that like right in the middle. So they it was fine, but not fine, but they had one one. I like but that analogy. The Dodgers are there right now, and they still they have to win one. And now they're feeling like time's running out. All right, so predict right. the NLCS real quick for me. Tell me who you got. Is it going to be the Nationals or is it going to be the Cardinals? Got to be the Nationals. Yachty can only throw so many bats at people. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Nats and six. I just like their pitching. Other than Flaherty, Cardinals do not do – they don't impress me. We're also uh, – uh, we're also balls. I'm also going with the Nationals because their pitching is just going to be too much of a matchup for the Cardinals. I understand Flaherty can't start five, six games. I got it in my gut, too. I mean, I feel you as a Reds fan now because I really don't like the Cardinals I anymore. Because I feel like, and I may be completely off base, but I feel like uh, Molina's kind of like thuggish, just the way he acts. He is an absolute And And, the, and I got he did that Dug. kind of based on what Acuna did, the, the, the throat slash you gesture. Don't like it, though. And then he throws a bat almost to freaking Atlanta. <laughs> and uh, but like, and then I saw that post game interview or in the locker room with Mike Shield, the uh, manager for the Cardinals, just cussing and going nuts about the Braves, and I just it rubbed me the wrong way. So yeah, I hope that I'd love to see him get swept personally. That post game rubbed me the wrong way too. The, his words uh, bleeped out, of course, were nobody f's with us. Like get out of here! You won the NLD. Just hey, let's f have you. some class. In, in How victory. long were you in the minors? F <laughs> you! I uh, hate the Cardinals. All right, so we all hate the Cardinals. So if you hate the Cardinals too, well, sorry, you got to watch them play the next uh, I'm going to take that statement back. Uh, Mr. Brown semi likes the Cardinals because I'm sure we had a lot of Cardinals fans flood our page over the last day. So <laughs> I, I'm okay with the Cardinals, I guess. There's <laughs> just about one and a half million of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we, we do kind of like Yachty. So he, he's my favorite what? catcher. You know what we get to say tonight is that we didn't just have dozens and dozens of fans. We actually had – Millions and, and millions. millions of fans flood the page to see the Cardinals rounding the bases as they ended up making that trip to the NLCS. So congratulations, Cardinals fans out there. And I, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention, oh, yeah, the Yankees won their series too. But we'll find out later tonight or in the morning who they're playing because right now the Astros got a – Four to one lead. Up four there. to one right now. Four That's to what one lead over Tampa. You. So we're uh, we're we're being controlled by Biggie by making us watch NFL. But if the game gets a little closer, he's going to suffer because we're going to stop watching the Patriots and Giants and not happening. That has a little bit more postseason significance. I will say this: when it comes to Cardinals fans, they are a hardcore, diehard base, kind of like you know the Packers in the NFL. So. Oh, they got a great fan base, yep. and their attendance is great. But I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> yep. I hate the Cardinals. St. Louis of baseball town. Cheaters! 
Well, in this segment, we're going to mix things up a little bit. We asked our fans out there in social media to react to one simple question. Who is the most famous athlete and or celebrity? But we really wanted to hear about athletes because this is a show about sports. Who is the most famous, reputable, athletic individual you have met? Big, you, you, you met Dennis Eckersley. He's a heck of a guy, right? Dennis Eckersley is as personable as you would believe from his commentary on baseball games. <laughs> did he really give you the finger? He did. How old were seven. you? How old were you? Seven. Yeah. Nineteen. Right now, Biggie is claiming that Dennis Eckersley gave the I'm not claiming he did. to a seven-year-old. I think he's just remembering it in haste. That's all. I think it might have had more to do with the alt adults that eventually showed up. But me and my friend maybe it wasn't went to the game for my birthday. Eckersley's right. a prick. I got to meet Carson Palmer. I actually rode an elevator with him in downtown Cincinnati one time. It was pretty cool. It was the night before a game. And his question was simply, are you guys going to the game tomorrow? And we said yes. And that was about as far as it went because I didn't know what to say. It felt really <laughs> awkward. But uh, Carson Palmer is a very tall individual. Just wanted to throw that out there. How tall is he? Hey, I, he's listed at 6'5", but you know he, he felt like a big guy. That's not saying. like NBA listings, is it? There's Where some 6'5". Hey, that used to be the average height of an NBA player back in the 60s. Just saying, guys that were 6'9 are now 6'6". Mr. Brown probably has the most prowess when it comes to meeting these individuals. So... Who, who's on your list? I mean, there's four record, and I mean, none of them's really like stands out more than the others. But uh, Matt Huggins, Bob Huggins, at a autograph signing. We all love Huggy. We baby. talked about the upcoming season and his Twin Towers, and then uh, talk, I met uh, Brian McCann, got an autograph at Turner Field, and then uh, around 21 years old with you guys went to Cincinnati and was pretty inebriated because uh, I was 21 and feeling much. good. I don't remember much. And uh, I was trash-talking Smoltz and uh, Julio Franco, even though they were my, on my team. <laughs> <laughs> Just for fun, though. The only thing I remember about that trip is killing ducks. Oh yeah, you, no, you didn't kill ducks. You I, just killed Mama Duck. I did. While all the other baby ducklings wandering around confused. You know how bad that felt to drive away and look in the rearview mirror and see the baby ducks like and knowing. I tried to swerve. To miss all of them, and I, I ended up clicking the mom. It they cross the road, they pay the price. That's what mm. it is. I didn't see no duck crossing sign. I think there is one now. Oh, okay. I think that's over the wetlands there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that scarred me for life. I'll never forget that as long as I live, nor will you guys ever let me forget it. My but, favorite part of that trip was the fact that Great American Ballpark serves mixed drinks in the stands. You don't even have to walk through the bar yeah, to get them. They did. And uh, I remember going to the In-Between Tavern. That It doesn't exist now, but... I remember having some Long Island iced teas and then thinking they weren't anything until I stood up. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got problems. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> uh, anyway, we have our our fan base out there letting us know who they, they talk to. I'm going to try to hit some of these the best I can. There was so many responses, it's hard to really be organized on this. But I'm definitely going to try to hit top fans like Matt Piles, who got a chance to talk with Pete Rose and got a signed picture. I feel like Pete Rose will do that with anybody now, though, won't he? He said he seemed like a decent guy or something, didn't he? What did he say? Yeah, he said he seemed like a real, real good guy. Seemed happy. Seemed nice and there happy. There you go. So I'm glad Pete Rose got some peace, at least when he met him. Uh, Tom Wegneg got to meet Lou Brock and uh, Alec Baldwin on the Enterprise while filming Hunt for the Red October. That, that's very interesting. I like that. That's yeah. nice. And then... Hank Aaron called me over and signed my ball and said, we're going to miss y'all. What he meant was he's going to miss the good 
uh, cooking that his dad brought him in spring training. That was from Abner Hersher. We need to get that guy on the show. I Man, it sounds like he could tell some stories. If he was cooking, for, if his dad was cooking for Hank Aaron, that's, that's pretty, pretty badass. Uh, we got a guy who was a dentist in St. Louis and uh, ended up taking care of a lot of the St. Louis Blues hockey team. That's uh, Linda Arbogast Taon. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, Joe Nudson got to meet Reggie White right before a Packers game. He saw him walking around the mall incognito, and they walked by. He didn't really talk to him, but they kind of had a look, a glance, and they had that nod. They made a connection. Yes, and he knew. And that respect for not bothering him the night before a game, that'll live on forever. Much respect there. I like that. Oh, not interesting, not interesting. There's a lot of people on here I don't know. Who's Tom Sneva? I guess he's the 1983 Indy 500 winner. Mark Rosnick met him, so that's pretty cool. Uh, We got uh, Bob Lanier, uh, Marianne and Neo. uh, Several lovely exchanges, whatever that means. Uh, But they were both in college. You you know what I mean. They were in college at the time. That's all. That's okay. Makes Uh, it okay. So. Wild college days. <laughs> it's all right. What happens in college stays in college. Except for, never mind. Uh, uh, Gary Miller lets us know that they were covering the Mariners in a 2007 game and they were standing in the dugout steps. Ichiro came over and said, excuse me, uh, I love that one of the fastest players in history had to tell the slowest person to move. That was their interaction. Excuse me. You got any grasshoppers? So that's <laughs> Gary Miller of ESPN fame. Uh, it could be. I don't know. He, did, he didn't identify on Facebook as that. Uh, Joe Shaver met Mike Singletary at a uh, diner in downtown Chicago. I imagine that you meet a lot of Chicago uh, famous athletic-type personalities in diners in Chicago. You probably find the big dick in 30 mini ones there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 30 mini Ditkas walking oh, around. Holy cow, he's <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, Jim Jarcuso, uh, too many to list, but he, he went way into the history books here. Jake LaMotta and Rocky Graziano playing fingers. I'll have to Google that. What is fingers? It's an old Italian game. Anybody know what that is? I do not. Uh, playing fingers? That's what it says, playing fingers. And cursing throughout. Word? And they were arguing with who would have beat each other in their form. That's pretty interesting. I mean, how do you get, like, two of the greatest boxers to ever live just – Play fingers, whatever that is. Is that one, two, three, four thumb war? <laughs> that would be thumbs, not fingers. Well, isn't a thumb a finger? Maybe it was like Pinago. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Italian. You ever play bocce ball? No. That's yeah. an Italian game. Uh, Jim Brown, and I don't know which famous Jim Brown this may be, but he ran into Rick Flair in a convenience store, and he said, "Rick Flair simply is the man." Woo! That's probably when he had all them Coors Light in his hands. I sent him that picture. Yeah, nice. He he, he understood. He, he knew. Uh, Mary G. Volk met and shook hands with Norm Van Brocklin. So that's nice. Jason Lopez sat down with Tommy Dreamer and had a five-minute conversation before an ECW show in 2000 and then also happened to meet Keanu Reeves leading the, leaving the building that uh, his dad lived in. I hear Keanu Reeves is like the nicest person ever. He is one of the most real people in the world. He, had he, a, don't, he don't age. He had a stalker break into his house and, like, just hung out with him. That's crazy. Like, that's how that's how chill Keanu Reeves is. He's like timeless, for real, though. Oh, he is. Mark Schlereth met our top fan, Pamela Cunningham. They actually showed up to church and signed a jacket because he was invited to the congregation after the Broncos won the Super Bowl. Sweet. Ooh. All right. That's not bad. Glenn Ellis met Brandon Phillips while playing for the Reds. 
I talked about how I always went out of his way to sign autographs for the kids before the game, and they used to sit behind the dugout and joke and talk to them all the time. So. I always heard that about Phillips. Seems like he's a pretty stand-up guy. Now, for Redskins fans out there, Brian Jackson got to meet Art Monk. I imagine most Redskins fans would go nuts if they got a chance oh, to meet Art Monk. Met him at a golf tournament. Could not believe how nice he was. He thanked him for going to his Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Wow. Can you imagine that? That's you, pretty cool. You tell him, hey, I was there when you got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Thank you for coming to my Hall of Fame. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, Michael Morrow met Mariano Rivera, signed a rookie card for him at spring training, also had a conversation with David Wells and bought some hats and ended up talking for about a half hour. I bet David Wells is a fun conversation. I was going to say, I wonder how drunk Boomer was. Uh, I was going to say, David Wells, you belly up to the bar with that guy. Alright, now my, my screen's not loading anymore, so we'll end the segment. But I, I, did, I did have one I wanted to mention, then I'll open it up to you guys. Mm. Someone said they met Big Cat Ernie Ladd and Junkyard Dog at a truck stop. And I just imagine that would be a, a hell of a conversation back in the 80s. But I, I asked him how big Big Cat Ernie Ladd was, and I don't know if they ever responded. But that was that was interesting to me. But did, did you check any other ones out? No, I can't on? believe you didn't see this one, and I'm hoping it'll load for me. It's not loading. I Hold can't on, just let me, let me look here. Hold on. And there's a few in there you missed that stood out to me. Yeah, we got a Paul, I think it's Romke. He got he got put into a headlock by Kurt Angle. I guess it's true. It's damn true. I guess it's better than the ankle lock. Was this 70 Vicodin a day, Kurt Angle? Uh, it was the pouring milk on his face, Kurt Angle. Ooh, that's good, Kurt Angle. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You had, uh, I don't know if it's Pete Sano. We see him on here a lot. He had a drink with, uh, was it, Bull? Born Bjorg, how do you even say it? Born Bjorg. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And Monte Carlo. That's pretty cool. Bjorn Borg is uh Bjorn Borg? Like I said, if you follow tennis, that's that's pretty cool. I don't follow tennis at all. Royalty, and you're meeting in Monte Carlo. You're having a mixed drink by the bar. I guess the James Bond movie ready to happen. It really is. You're right. And then the best one, Absalom Young. He just simply said, I had sex with J-Lo. <laughs> <laughs> so I put on there, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're scum. We suck. <laughs> I mean, that's what I put. How do you follow that up? You don't follow it. That's how you end the segment. That's what you do. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, we now welcome to the show a legend. I say legend, I mean legendary. I mean, it immediately brought credibility to our show that we haven't been able to get for the past few months. And if there is ever a time to introduce the world to maybe the most popular fan of Bill's Mafia right now, I think it's it. And you know what? It's a bye week, so we might have caught him in a good week because we know he's got a lot of stuff going on. He's a multimedia superstar. He is the one and only... Dick the Groat, a.k.a. Bill's dad. Bill's dad, wow. welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Man, I don't know. That, that introduction, I'm going to have a hard time living up to that. <laughs> well, you know, that's what we do is try to make everybody look better than they actually are. You know, so you're welcome. I appreciate that. Turn the camera on. <laughs> so the, the big thing for a lot of our listeners, which we do have some Bill's fans out there, and we definitely love Bill's Mafia, at least two of us. Absolutely. I mean, Not, we we know the Patriots fan behind us. We'll just ignore it for yeah. a second. But 
the the thing that I would like for you to do is just tell us a little bit about who is Bill's dad. Let let the audience know. Well, uh, I'm a dad, obviously, and that's, <laughs> that's kind of what got this whole thing started. Um, no, I'm, I live in Rochester, New York. I've uh, been a Bills fan for a long time, and uh, our family gets together to watch the game, primarily here at our house. I've uh, just never been able to really uh, afford the trips and the tickets and all that stuff. So we, we generally, we're like uh, probably 90% of the other fans who watch from home most of the time. So, so how, uh, how far is uh, Rochester from Buffalo? It's uh, uh, about an hour and 15 to the stadium. Okay, okay. It's not too bad because, quite honestly, I feel ashamed to even say that it's a trip anymore. I hear people that, you know, travel five, six hours. I know, I know, season ticket holders that come in from California every every time. I'm like, this is now that's crazy fans right hey, there. The Bills Mafia knows no bounds. We know this. That's right. So, so what exactly did Bills Dad turn into? Because you're not just a dad; you're Bills Dad. Like that is something, yeah. and it has evolved yeah. into something. <laughs> It, it sure has. It was it was an accident. Quite honestly, two years ago, uh, 2017 season, we were opening up against the Jets, and uh, the kids, like I say, they always the family comes over and, and we watch the game here in the basement. And uh, it was a week beforehand, and usually we send out a text and say, "All right, who's hosting? Who's bringing what? What are we going to eat? All the all the good stuff, you know." And uh, so the week before, I got a little creative mindset going and i just quickly rewrote the lyrics to benny and the jets by elton john <laughs> and i i did it as C -c -c can we beat the jets <laughs> and uh so i sent that sent that as a text message to my to my kids and uh so they just you know chuck a little bit and on we go and th that friday night uh see they don't think anything of it because they know i'm crazy but that friend, a good friend of mine, Al Rogers, he saw it and he's 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 dying laughing. He says, you got to you got to put it on the mafia. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. And talking all this techno stuff. And I'm like, dude, I've got no idea what you're even talking about. <laughs> so, the Saturday morning, he says, look, just put it on Facebook. Just put it on Facebook. So I put it on Facebook and the thing takes off. I've never seen, I, I didn't know what it meant to go viral, quite honestly, but it went nuts and the media picked it up, started running it on the news channels and everything. And I uh, had over 100,000 views that first weekend and uh, the fans just started saying, hey, we, we want one of these every week. We need one of these every week. And so I think it was my son-in-law who said, well, all right, what, what are we going to call this thing? And I said, I don't know. I'm just a dad inviting my kids over to watch the game. He goes, that's it. Bill's dad. So uh, that's how it all kind of began, and it has snowballed since. And I'm not quite sure how we, where we go from here. I don't know. Well, well, somehow three guys down in West Virginia, of all places, have discovered Bill's dad. So you got to be doing something right. And, well, yeah. And I got to tell you, how we discovered you was when we started doing our stuff and growing podcasts and doing our social media. I, I can't remember the song. But uh, it was him standing on the porch saluting the flag. Yeah, this was the yeah, one last year where he uh, – oh, the snow. City. The snow. Yeah, oh, this must have been the, the Kansas City playoff game. <laughs> and uh, decided, I decided I would just play a little Hail to the Chief, you know, rather than sing a song. I, so I played Hail to the Chief, and I wrote That's Hail right. to the Chiefs on my, on my chest, saluted the Bills flag, <laughs> and uh, pulled off my jersey and did a, did a snow angel into about two foot of snow. I, I remember yeah. that now. now I, that, that, 
that stings a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, now here's the worst part. Here's the worst part about this. Okay, that was my second take. <laughs> the, first, the first take, I went out back by by a big uh, big drift of snow, but I, I forgot to tell my wife that when I got up, I was going to say something, and so she shut the camera off after I hit the snow because she saw me struggling to get up out of it. So I started to say something. She waves me off. She goes, I already turned the camera off. And I'm like, no. I, that doesn't sound like an accident to me. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. What did you do? <laughs> so, yeah. so that was that was where we first uh, really got to notice you. And, you know, I, I got to tell you that the stuff is awesome. Uh, I love the videos. The one you just did last week for beat Tennessee. Now uh, that with a yeah. uh, minute work in the, in the music background, that was fantastic. And, and the fact that you do it so nonchalant and casual, like I'm just going to get a beer and sit in my chair and have this conversation with the world <laughs> about how we're going to beat Tennessee. Now I thought, yeah. I thought the best part of that was when I thought you messed up and started laughing, but that was actually part of the bit. And I was like, man, he sold that. I, I was like, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Well, I did sell it because, again, my wife shut the camera off on the first take because she thought I messed up. <laughs> she didn't know it was coming because she generally does not know what I'm going to do. She just I call her down. She breaks out the camera and I go at it. And uh, once again, yeah, I, I busted out laughing and I guess I sold it good enough to her. And she turned the camera <laughs> off. <again. laughs> now, I got some really good questions. But before I do, I'm just going to turn my shoulder here and ask Biggie if he has any questions, because we are talking to a real fan from someone who doesn't hold and hang their hat on championships. They're actually there win, lose or draw and not a bandwagoner fan like you, Biggie. So do you have any questions for Bill's dad? Ooh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess he doesn't have any uh, questions. I'll allow Chad DeMarc to say that because he knows it's completely untrue. I really want to slap him right now, but I'm trying to focus on this and watch the game out of the side of my eye. I have one question for you. Just looking back on yours of being a Bills fan, I lived in New York as a kid. My dad was in the Air Force. We were stationed just outside of Syracuse. I want to say it was Griffiths Air Force Base. Went to Camden uh, School. I don't know if you know where that is. Okay, so first NFL game I ever went to was Oilers-Bills, Monday night football. I think it was like week 5-6, 1993 season. Bills blew them out. It was like 28-7 at halftime. First first game I went to, cold as hell outside. But the reason the game was built up so much was because it was on the backside of the comeback, 35-3. Yeah. What are your thoughts yes. and recollections watching that game? Because what I lived in New York at the time, 35-3 at halftime. It's the only game on TV, not – Obviously, a Bills fan, Dad's like, I'm not even watching this. I'll go to the store. Comes back, and the Bills got the lead. Right. That, that game, if I remember correctly, was blacked out in Rochester uh, so that we couldn't see it unless we had a satellite dish. So I was at, at a church that I belonged to at that time, happened to have a satellite dish. So a bunch of us congregated in their boardroom and watched the game. And I remember considering at halftime going home. And I thought, no, can't do it. Got to stick through. And we were getting harassed by some people there that weren't Bills fans. But uh, <laughs> let me tell you what, that that was that was the game of a lifetime. That that was just so priceless to come back that way and win that thing. It was awesome. I mean, that might be the greatest <laughs> game in NFL history, straight up. I mean, we had, had we had had our share of heartbreaks, you know. And uh, it's just nice to have something like that to hang on to. We, you know, wide right, Music City Miracles, some of those other nonsensical things that get replayed over and over. 
Uh, we so, weren't going to bring those up. <laughs> so yeah. I just have one question for you. Diehard Bills fan, as you look back on that, and Jim Kelly's out, Frank Wright leaves that comeback. As coach of the Colts now, do you have any, like, sentimental feeling as far as how the Colts oh, do? You know, it. you know it. Frank you know. Reich is the man. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was an awesome player. He's an awesome gentleman. And uh, I'm cheering for him all the time, unless he's playing the Bills, of course. But he's, he's a great guy. I kind of feel like we're in a situation similar to that right now where uh, with Matt Barkley at the backup position, uh, I think he is, he is top-notch all the way. And so, you know, when, uh, when Allen got, got hurt there recently, I didn't flinch at all. I figure we're in good hands with Barkley. He, he can do it, too. So I, I, I don't think we're going to miss a step if, uh, if he has to step in. So is Josh Allen the uh, quarterback of the future for sure? Are you sold on him? Personally, I'm sold. People want, if you say the for sure thing, you know, I'm not sure yet. He's still got some developing to do and everything, but I sure like the guy. I like his character. I like his work ethic. I like his, his competitive nature. Uh, you know, he's going to grow in some things, but, uh, but I like him a lot. I think he fits Buffalo. Spoken like a true fan. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite song parody that you have done so far? Which one stands out as your favorite? 1999. Party Like It's 1999. We did that one. Now, you probably, you may not have even seen this. I, I haven't. I, I need you to educate me. Can you, hey, drop, okay. drop a line to us. Let's hear it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got to think back for a second. 2017, the drought, the drought is over. It's playoff time. So we, uh, but you, you got you got to watch that one. That couple reasons I like it. One, the entire family was involved. So I had my, my kids, my grandkids. They were all involved in it, and in, in, in singing different parts of it and dancing the whole thing. But the best part of that one was, it was New Year's weekend. The game was on New Year's Eve. We had to beat the Dolphins. Uh, I believe the the Raven the Ravens had to lose. There's a number of things that had to happen. This is the one where Andy Dalton throws the uh, the touchdown pass at the end of the game to beat the Ravens, and the Bills are going to the playoffs. I was going to bring this. So up. we did that song that weekend leading up to this game, predicting what was going to happen, and that we were going to party like it's 1999 because that was the last time we were in the playoffs. It was 1999 when Music City? <clears throat> yeah, lateral <laughs> thing happened. Um, but we did that song, and uh, and then to have them make the playoffs and be New Year's Eve, I mean, we really celebrated that night, what, what night that was. But, yeah, that was a, a great song, a lot of fun because the whole family was involved, and uh, it was good. You know, I, I am a Bengals fan, and I have much respect for the Bills Mafia on how they treated us after that took uh, took place and what they did for uh, Andy Dalton's charity and all that stuff. That was good, good deal. So much, much yeah. love to Bills Mafia. I'll tell you, one of the great things that, I, that, that I've discovered since this all happened to me is Bill's Mafia. Um, and you really have to get to meet them. If all you ever see of them is the media version, then you get a real misconception of what's going on here. Because I'll tell you what, 99.9% .9 of the Mafia are just good, hardworking people that love their Buffalo Bills. They're responsible people. They're generous, as you just spoke of. I mean, the, the number of times that there are just uh, 
charity things going on in Buffalo. It's it's incredible. And uh, I just uh, I just hope that the real uh, viewpoint of who the mafia is can get out there to people. I, I think it's uh, definitely good that you mentioned that. And I, I think we understand that. You know, we also know that fans like to have fun. And, and you know, some of them get a little <laughs> overboard. And that happens in every fan base. It's just that Bill's mafia typically gets to have that celebrated by the national media a little bit more. But speaking of, yeah. speaking of things like that, I, I was debating on whether or not to even ask you this, but when the Bills play the Patriots, why do they do that? Why do they throw those on the field? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do know what you're talking about. I don't understand. Um, you, you know, I'm as confused by that as you are. Uh, I know I know that people like to pick on Tom Brady, and, and uh, I'm just not that kind of guy. But uh, – you know that's where it comes from, I guess, and uh, it's it's not one of my prouder things to be associated with the Buffalo Bills. I'm so <laughs> amazed in the amount that it's not like one or two, and, but it, I, I'm going to admit I am a little childish, and I laugh when I watch the referees trying to like get them out off the field. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a yeah, big no one. it's a Vegas prop bet. <laughs> yeah, there's a Vegas prop bet if it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure is. All right, well, I got uh, one more question before we get into kind of what you got going on this week. I always do my research. Tell me about the plaque. What happened there? I, I saw some news articles about that. Well, there's a, a fellow named Tony Danner, and he uh, he's a woodworker in Buffalo. And uh, he wanted to make me a Bill's uh, Oh, is that, is that the plaque right there? There it is. Yeah, oh, you see look it right at now. it. That's it. And uh, so he had made this for me, contacted me and says, I, I want to give this to you. And, you know, you can put it in your bar. I was like, awesome. This is great. Well, before the game, we couldn't, we, we missed each other. We didn't connect before the game. So he texted me while the game was on and says, I left it by your car leaning against your tire. So it'll be when you get back. And I'm thinking, I sure hope so. But yeah, well, rushing out. And thinking I'm probably just going to hang around for a while. But then I look and the traffic is really moving. There's hardly anybody there. And I'm thinking, I'm going to jump in and get out of here and beat the traffic. I jump in my car and off I go. And I'm almost back to Rochester now. And like I said, that's an hour and 15 minutes. And suddenly the panic thought goes through my mind that I left that plaque that this guy made me back there. And, oh, the sickening, I mean, sick to my stomach when I thought about that. And, and so I immediately got on the phone, called Hammer uh, from Hammer's Lot and called him up. And I said, listen, I left this there. Is anybody? He's like, we have no idea. They have so much garbage and things they have to pick up. But they didn't see it. They didn't, you know. So then we, uh, we put the word out there and, you know, just hoping that maybe somebody had picked it up by accident or something. And thank God, some guys that had just taken a picture with me uh that day saw it, just thought somebody left it behind but they they did see when we posted that we were looking for it and they immediately contacted me and said they had it so the next week we met there again had pictures of me and of course the media showed up again wanted to see it getting returned to me so it was really nice and and tony danner actually made one for those guys as well for returning this one to me so it was it was great see, that's just Good that's people. just more props to the bills mafia right there that's so right. You're proving your point. That's right. right. There. So, 
Why don't, you, why don't you wrap it up for us and tell us what you got going on this week? I mean, I know it's a bye week. You can't be completely resting on your laurels here. So what's going on? Well, we got something going on. Now, bring me back to this in just a minute, though, because I think since you just recently joined me, you probably didn't know about the playoff game in our trip that first year oh, when I was doing this. I, did, I read about this. You, they they, they paid you, something. you to go or something, right? It was, it was crazy. You know, we, we did the 1999. Well, Tuesday morning, a guy from Florida that I or from, yeah, from Florida that I don't know says to me, hey, if you and your wife can get down here, I'm, I'll buy tickets for you and your wife to go to the playoff game. I thought, wow, this is crazy. So immediately I'm looking for airfare. So I put it out there. I said, anybody know where I can find the cheapest airfare to get to Florida? And then I drive one of my side jobs. I drive for a limousine company. I'm out driving all night. I get home about nine o'clock and my wife says to me, hey, while you've been out working, there's a guy, another Bills fan that is offering his points, uh, flight points to somebody to go to the game. And everybody has been flooding his his post with you got to give him the Bills, Dad. You got to give him the Bills, Dad. So this guy calls me up at 11 o'clock and says, listen, I don't think I have any choice. I got to give these points to you and your wife. So we get flown down there. We get there, another guy meets us at the hotel and pays for our hotel. And I'll tell you what, it was just, it was just again, more buffalo, as they call it, uh, being shown. To it, was, it was a whirlwind that week of just craziness and how it all spun out of control. I mean, we had television stations here at the house, radio calls constantly all week. Uh, but we had a blast. I mean, the game wasn't great, but the, the, the trip – being there with everybody it was just a phenomenal thing. That was, and that again, it was just a good showing of what Bills Mafia is all about and their generosity. A lot of good people. So you were selling yourself so, short earlier, and we were talking about how big a deal you are. I mean, someone got you to go to Florida, and you, I mean that, that's just the power of Bills uh, Mafia. The perks, the perks can be really good. I've been blessed. A number of fans have said, "Hey, we've got a ticket. You want to go along?" So I've gotten to go to some games. Been real blast. But, but I'm not really known that well because people can still stop me in the airport and say, aren't you um, Dancing Dad? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, Dancing da dancin Dad, that's it, whatever. <laughs> Read the jersey. <laughs> that's it. Well, anyways, you know, this week, this week we've, uh, we, we like to do something uh, on bye week as well because we know Bills fans are bored when we have a bye. In the last two years, we did a song with uh, the word "buy" in it, so I, I, I've gotten gotten that done. This year, uh, we were contacted by uh, a young lady named Carrie Kellner. She's the founder of uh, Pancreatic Cancer Association of Western New York, and um, she was in contact with Pancho, uh, who we know passed right. away of pancreatic cancer. And uh, she has big events every year. Last year, Pancho sent a video up to greet the people at the fundraiser and all that. And uh, this year, she asked me if I would do a song for them. So we decided we would do a song uh, for this uh, Pancreatic Cancer Association on bye week. So that'll be coming out Saturday morning as usual around 8 o'clock. And uh, with a link to donate um, to the uh, Pancreatic Cancer Association of Western New York. And it's kind of special. Um, uh, her mother, Carrie, the founder of the, of the association, her mother has been battling pancreatic cancer for 10 years. And the day before we shot the video, she passed away. And so uh, we, we're dedicating this to her in her honor and uh, really hoping that the, the Bills family will kind of respond and, 
and help this association out. We've all been touched by somebody battling cancer and um, just do our part to try to find a cure and uh, help these people out that are struggling that uh, need our help. So, yeah, we've got we've got a, a good song coming up this week. It's going to be uh, it, it, it's it's fun. It was kind of tricky for me because my songs tend to be funny and, and goofy and, and all that. So I, I had to find a way to uniquely create this one uh, to have fun with, but but as well recognize the need. So it's 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 a lot of fun. I've actually got a live band helping me out. XOXO Pop Band, they're called, out of Buffalo. They had contacted me, wanted to get together and do something. And so they came over and set up right here in my basement where I'm at. And we did this song together. Uh, just about 10 days ago, and uh, so it's ready to roll. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it, and it's awesome to see Bill's Mafia continuously supporting causes like that. And rest in peace, Poncho. You know, we, we all remember that story, and that's an awesome thing to keep that, that moment alive and, and keep moving forward. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, PCAWNY.org. Uh, you'll be able to see the link and all that stuff. You'll have it on your Facebook. I'm sure it'll be all over Bill's uh, Facebook fan pages and then your Twitter is at dickdegroat.com or at, at I'm sorry, not dot com. I'm gonna do that again. Your Twitter is <laughs> at Dick DeGroat. Um Here, here's my here's my challenge. And you'll hear the challenge in the song, but I want to get the word going on this. But my challenge is this. I'm challenging everyone to donate fourteen dollars for that stadium beer that they're not gonna buy this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's reasonable. Yeah. That's very reasonable. And if you donate, your name's gonna go into a drawing uh, and if your name is drawn, you and the guest will come and join Bill's mom and I right here in the basement with the family to watch an away game right here and party with us. Well, consider oh, the three of us. We might be in that drawing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> come on. Come on. You're welcome anytime. Well, I, I know your name is Dick, but you're always going to be Bill's dad to us, and we love that you, you gave us uh, a few minutes of your time uh, this evening and came on the show. I, my, my final question is, who is your favorite Bills player of all time? Oh, that's tough. I've got to, I, I can't, I, I've got to No, no, together, I need one. You know? I need one. You need one? Ooh. <laughs> uh, that would be uh, Jim Kelly, Thurman, Tom. No, 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 no. Any, oh, hey. <laughs> Steve Tasker was the only correct answer. Right. Okay. Right. I like him too. Yes. Hey, Bill's dad, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And, hey, are the Bills going to make the playoffs? Bills are going to make the playoffs. They might go deeper in the playoffs And what's the final record? What are they, What's our record going to be this year? Uh, the beginning of the season, I said it would be 10-6. and six. Uh, I think we're well on our way. They might surprise me and actually do better. Well, I saw so, your remaining schedule. If you even... win less than 10 games, something's wrong. That's right. <laughs> you still got the Dolphins twice. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the Jets. And Washington. Uh, all right, Bill's dad, we appreciate you. Hopefully we'll get you back on the show sometime. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thanks, it. Appreciate you. All right. See ya. <laughs> You guys know that hockey started? I saw guys who were missing teeth with helmets on. What? Is, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We need uh, to get Bonehammer back on yeah, the show. Absolutely. That's who knew hockey started. Oh, Brian you know, Bonehammer Brackle. Are you, any of you all playing fantasy hockey? God, no. 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 
can't uh, even get a fantasy basketball league together. I'm supposed to follow hockey. You know, we sit here and talk about how we'd like to try to be hockey fans, but I'm sorry, you just can't compete with all the things that are going on right now. I will say this. It, it can't compete for me personally, and other people would be like Ryan would say differently. When it comes to playoff hockey and they grow the beards, that's amazing whether you're a fan or not. Regular season <laughs> hockey, just – you I have no love, interest in watching. You love a good beard on a man, don't you? Yes, sir. <laughs> That's not creepy at all. <laughs> well, we're going to try. We're we're letting you all know that we're just going to try to pay attention to hockey, but it probably will not happen until 2020 after the football season's over. Baseball playoffs have got to finish. That lull in the NBA when it's not very important, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can jump on that hockey bandwagon. But in the meantime – we really haven't had a chance to talk much college football. And one of the things that happens early in the year, you might get some good early season matchups. And then it's just kind of a bunch of garbage, you know, games going on. I feel like we got a good slate Saturday. And, you know, West Virginia, our squad, you know, they're, they're going to be playing Iowa State. They're double digit underdogs again. So nothing to get excited about there. But you tell me what's going to be the best game Saturday. You got the Red River rivalry, Oklahoma and Texas. You got Bama on the road to College Station playing Texas A&M. USC and Notre Dame. Florida State on the road to Clemson. Michigan State on the road to Wisconsin. And then Florida in Death Valley at LSU. Which one are you tuning into if you can only watch one? If I can only watch one, I'm watching the Red River. See, I disagree. I am locked in on Florida LSU. Texas, Oklahoma, this game every year, big-time game, regardless of where the teams are, two iconic programs, that's the game to watch. I'm not saying it's not a bad game. It's the game to watch. It's it's all right. It's, it's the right. game to watch. Where are you going? Would you say LSU, Florida? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Do you want to watch 10-7 with butt humping? Have you not watched LSU this year? I have. They're, they're, they're fun to watch, and I really love Coach O. I mean, they're they're my dark horse right now for the playoffs. They shouldn't be a dark horse. Well, they're number five, so they're not. But, you know, everyone wants to talk about how it's going to be Alabama, Clemson, then two other teams, you know. And if you're lucky enough to get two in from the same conference, you know, that's great. doesn't happen very often. Well, here's what happens this year. It's Alabama like it always is, and the last couple of years have been Alabama, Georgia. This year it's Alabama, LSU. I think LSU might beat Alabama this year. They could. They have offense. They never have had offense. First time in how many years we talked about this before. They actually have like a legit quarterback. A quarterback. <laughs> Two-minute drill. He's going to go down the way. You know, he's going to go score the ball. Wow. <laughs> he's going to go down the <laughs> I'm just Boom. saying. Wow. Boom. Wow. <laughs> if, I had to, if I had to rank the games in order, big I'd have. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have Oklahoma, Texas, one, A&M, Bama, two, LSU, Florida, three. Jimbo's getting fired this year. No. In the home of the 12th, man, Jimbo, you got to love them roots. You're wearing the hat. Come on now. Uh, Let let me ask you something because y'all thought better than me on the national level. But uh, how how bad is Florida State? Have they won a game yet? They're three and two. All right. So I keep hearing that Clemson don't look right. They don't. They don't. So, I mean, 
you all still think they're going to get into the championship or the, the championship uh, bracket? I just put it on there because I thought it was at least an interesting game because the ACC, honestly, is pretty terrible. I think Wake yeah. Forest might be your second best team. See, I think by default, because even though they haven't played as well and they don't look as good as they have in the past, they'll go undefeated in the ACC. It would take no a real, major, no major yeah, upset. Syracuse was ranked at the beginning of the I year. They're you. garbage. All right. Georgia Tech's one of the worst teams in the country. North I mean, Carolina might have some fight to them, but they've already played and already lost to Clemson because they couldn't get the two-point conversion. Trevor Lawrence has looked so bad. Dabo Sweeney's been fighting off questions whether or not he needs a shoulder or he has a shoulder injury, needs shoulder surgery. So, I think he got hurt surfing is what I heard in the offseason. <laughs> Sunshine. <laughs> like, I just want to play football, bro. <laughs> Uh, That's a terrible impression. You reminded me like uh, like the characters from like Point Break. <laughs> John, that was Canoe Reed. It was yeah, Johnny Utah. Yeah, Johnny Utah. Yeah. No, he's he's Sunshine. Well, no, he's Johnny Utah or he's uh, he's a combination. That of was him. Johnny Utah, wasn't it? Well, that's Johnny Utah. In Point but, Break. Yeah. Uh, remember the Titans is oh, Sunshine. Yeah, Sunshine. Yeah, right? yeah. He's like the love child of both of them, if that's possible by genetics. Well, he was more like Patrick Swayze, but like he needed the name Johnny Football or Johnny Utah. <laughs> Not, Johnny Utah. Not Johnny Football. <laughs> he's, he's training that way. <laughs> unless he knows. corrects it. Nobody knows who that guy yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Probably on a beach somewhere. <laughs> you know, the one thing I'll say when we're talking Narnar, bro. <laughs> college football and the top teams is most years Ohio State is a little higher ranked what than what I feel like they should be. I feel like they're like the forgotten team yeah, this year. They are crazy. killing everybody, and nobody's talking about it. I, I like it that way, though. Let them earn it because they haven't really played too many tough teams. True. Cincinnati was probably the toughest game so far, right? Yeah. Oh, Penn State's on the road in Ames, Iowa. That's a big one. I didn't that, write that one down. That's a good game. I like – uh I love that because is that not a night game? Is that a late start, isn't it? I don't know, but I, I'm I'm weary about playing on the road in Ames if I'm Penn State. Yeah, I don't like that night games. I just I think late games there, Iowa, Kurt Friends. You know they've been there for so long. I just I think Penn State's the better team, but depending on game time, would, anything can happen. It would decide anything where I'm putting happen. my money. But I'm telling you right now, I'm just curious to see if LSU is who I think they are. Are they going to go and play Florida? I know they're at home, but are they going to score more than 30 points against that tough Florida defense? I think they might score 40. I would be surprised if they didn't win by two touchdowns, like a 34-20 type game. It's Big Perm, man. He's, he's in Cancun on his honeymoon. Oh my, Big Perm's in Cancun. Jerry Curl, sorry. It, whatever, it works. That's just one of those, like, Lyle Lovett, Julia Roberts type things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love you, Big Perm. Don't listen to this segment. He played out of his league and somehow got a starting spot. There you go. Uh. Do you hear that music, fellas? You know what time it is. It's time for our Week 6 NFL Lead Pipe Locks of the Week. And I have a strategy this week. You keep saying that. No, no, no. I have figured it out. Okay. I will beat all of you this week, and I'm turning the corner onto bigger and better things. I feel like me and Mr. Brown have lead pipe locks, and yours are more like PVC with no, brush on glue. No, there's lead pipe locks because we do it on Thursday night during the game. 
I hope your patriots lose to the G man tonight. But the whole thing is, we don't change it after now. It's what happens tonight. What stays on Thursday night will last all the way to Sunday. If there's an injury or anything, we don't change. We're predicting the future now. I will say that is a big part of it because if you play big into fantasy football, you can look last minute, who should I start, who should I not? You know, that plays a factor in how the game plays out. Picking it three days ahead of time. Yeah, most of these experts uh, pick it on Sunday morning on all these yeah, shows. Like, so. like 15 minutes before kickoff. So there you go. That's it. I mean, me and you are cl- crushing the Bleacher Report, guys. Still? <laughs> Still? Yeah. I'm coming back, though, nice. damn it. And it's happening right now. We're going to start with tonight. We have the Giants on the road to the Patriots. Hey, we, hold on. We need to do that, though. Like, if we're actually beating them, you should put a comparison of our record versus theirs to show that we're, we're not idiots like everyone claims right, we are. Well, you find that for me. Yeah, Send it that, to me. And we'll show everybody that we don't suck as bad. Because they're like, you clearly don't know sports. <laughs> Stick it up your ass. <laughs> the Raiders can't win. All right. Moving <laughs> on. We got time constraints. We're getting pushed into the midnight hour here. Sorry. Giants on the road against the Patriots. Patriots are a 16.5-point favorite. Who did you have tonight? I had the the Patriots winning but not covering. So you had the Giants then? Yeah, I didn't want to say that, though. Uh, I'm going to go Giants. Uh, well, I actually had the Patriots covering, but because I had that, I picked the Giants. How's that? There you All go. Right, so, we, so you're all, like, you're going the same Costanza here, opposite of everything. Panthers on the road against Tampa Bay. The Panthers are a two-point road favorite. Give me the Bucks at home, the fighting BAs. Uh, the Panthers keep killing me every week, so I keep betting against them, so I've got to go with the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> I also Lee was Corson. going to take the Panthers, but because of that, I'm now taking the Bucks. Oh, my God, you just screwed me. Here's what he's doing. I see what he's doing. Uh, he's going against every single thing he thinks. The yep. Bengals are on the road against the Ravens. The Ravens are a 12-point home favorite. That's a lot. Give me the Bengals on the road to cover. Wow. Divisional game. Find it at the Dalton's AJ Green. <laughs> He's not playing. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the Ravens. Uh, the Bengals are going to continue to go up that ladder with the Jets and the Dolphins and the Redskins and trying to get that number one pick. They're going for the money in the bank, so, baby. It's going to be the Ravens. I got the Ravens. They should easily cover this game, so I guess I got to pick the Bengals. Yep. The Texans on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs, who – Seem to be a little vulnerable, a little banged up, not as explosive as we thought in the past, but the Chiefs are still a four-point home favorite. Just no, four. You, just four. Okay. You, you look at that ankle injury from uh, whatever his name is there, Darlene from last week. What's the QB's name? Mahomes? Mahomes? Oh, you don't know his name? Uh, anyhow. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, you, you know, just discredited our entire show. All right, Patrick Mahomes. Sorry. Had a brain fire. I was trying to watch the game. Point being, like – he got some movie milk this week. It's all better. He's going to play. They're going to ball out. They win by 10 points. Chiefs. All right. Biggie's got the Chiefs. Mr. Brown? Chiefs, and watch out for Pringle. He's going to put up some points for your fantasy team if you want a deep sleeper. <laughs> also, the Chiefs, they should easily cover by four. That means they'll at least win by a touchdown more than likely. So, I got the Texans. The Saints on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Craziest line of the week I saw. The Jaguars are a one-point home favorite against the Saints. I have no clue what Vegas is doing with this line. Give me the Saints. All right, Biggie's got the Saints. I'm pissed because uh, Minshew cost me $75 last week on the three underdogs I picked, so I'm going Saints. 
I mean, to me, it's pretty much just a picking. Like, who's going to win? Is it going to be the Saints or the Jaguars? So the Saints, I mean, they're definitely going to win. Interception. So, God, I hate the Patriots. Oh, wait, the Patriots. Oh, anyway, I picked the Jaguars. We ain't going nowhere. Oh, don't start that crap. Let's keep moving. The Eagles on the road to the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are a three-point home favorite against the Eagles. Give me the Eagles with that royal prince-looking Carson Wentz. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what's going on right now. So, uh, Eagles burn me every week because I keep picking against them, and I don't think that... You've been called out for this, too. I have been, but I don't think that... Uh, Car- or Cousins you know can- you're getting crushed if you go against them. I don't think that Cousins can do it two weeks in a row because he got fired up because Thielen said, I'm going to throw out my sister or my wife or whoever at quarterback, and he actually had a good week. I'm going to Eagles. I'm taking the Vikings, so I'm marking myself down for the Eagles. So it's a clean sweep. We're all taking the Eagles. Seahawks on the road to the Cleveland Browns. Seahawks in the Eastern time zone are favored one and a half points. Oh, wow. Everybody in Vegas wants you to bet on Seattle. That's why they set this line for the early game the way it is. I'm betting on Seattle. All right. So Vegas convinced you. Clearly, uh, Chad DeMarc said uh, in his own personal rankings that Seattle's the number two team in the NFL. So I've got to go with his expertise because he's so good at these picks. I'm going Seattle. Damn it. Also, I'm going Seattle. There's no reason why they shouldn't win. So you're so I have to go with the Browns. <laughs> this is madness. I don't even like writing that down. Oh man, I like that. I don't uh, make you howl. I'm a. That's our. That's our. Uh, I'm lone wolf twice here. So give me. Oh, moving on. The Reds. Oh my. God. Does this count? The Pellet Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen. The 2019 Toilet Bowl coming to you live from Miami, Florida. The Washington Redskins on the road against your Miami Dolphins. And the Redskins, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, are a three, count them, three and a half point favorite. This isn't the 72 Dolphins, Zonka, the no-name <laughs> defense. Clearly not the 72 Dolphins. <laughs> but it could be, and they would still win this game. Give it's me the, the Dolphins. the reverse 72 Dolphins. Biggie's taking the Dolphins to win by at least three and a half. Is that right? The Dolphins are three and a half point dog. Give me the Dolphins with the points. <laughs> I hate Bill Callahan, so I'm going Dolphins. <laughs> just, just because of the Raiders bias. Yes. I was just going to pick the home team, so I guess I got to go with the fighting Jay Groot. No. No. The, the Bill Callahan. Bill Callahan's, I mean, sorry. God rest his soul. He's dead now. Yeah, there you go. So I guess I got to pick the Redskins. Another lone wolf for me. It's the bird battle. The Falcons on the road to Arizona. The Falcons somehow are a two and a half point favorite. That means Vegas thinks that they're almost a touchdown better, which is complete anarchy. I can't believe they'd come (laughs) up with that crap. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals at home. Ryan Gosling gets his second win as a head coach. I like that. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going Falcons. Falcons. You're, you're okay. I was, I, I was also going to go the Falcons <laughs> because the David Johnson may not play earlier. I mean, I, there is too much talent on the offensive side of the ball for Atlanta to have the record that they bad. have. They should not be this bad. Absolutely, but they are. 
I traded Julio Jones off my fantasy team because I was tired of them. They're terrible. So I guess I'm writing my name down. Matt Ryan still got him there, so they're going to win this week. I just wrote my name down for the Cardinals. So Mr. Brown's the only one on the one. 49ers. Yeah, wait, Mr. Brown's lone wolf. Oh! 49ers on the road with the Los Angeles Rams, who are a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Give me Sean McVay's get-back guy. Get back. <laughs> I'll take the Rams Why is to that cover. Even a thing? I don't know. No idea, but I want that job. <laughs> I don't know if Gurley practiced today. He's been banged up. He didn't actually. They're going to roll with Daryl Henderson this weekend. So <laughs> <laughs> they're rolling with Malcolm Brown. Uh, I'm going to pick the. I think this is the week that the 49ers get separated, and uh, it'll be the Rams taking. Give him the first loss. See, I actually love the 49ers coming off. You know, pretty good. That's a, that's a big season. win. They were going to go into L.A. and take a stranglehold of that NFC West. So because of that, I'm going with the Rams. I like the Rams coming off a 10-day break. I like the Niners, but I can't put that because I have a losing record every week. The Cowboys on the road against the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Cowboys are a a 7.5-point favorite. So apparently, we think they're getting off that schneid they're on. I think that uh, even though Fiana's going to be in the box seat, <laughs> I'm going to go with the – it's Fiana, and I'm going with the uh, Cowboys to cover. Fiana with the mana. Fiana with the mana. He, he just didn't want to die. <laughs> now he's playing football again. So he is playing. Sam Darnold is playing. What's the spread? Seven and a half. Where at? For Dallas. I mean, where? Oh, where? It's in the New Jersey. On top of that garbage heap. <sighs> On top of Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Dallas has lost two in a row, correct? They have lost two in a row. I'm going Dallas. You're going Dallas. Yeah, they're breaking the streak. Yeah. Uh, I was also going to take Dallas because I just feel like the Jets are a disaster, but damn it, now i got to write my name. I mean, I hear that, that swamp mod is hard to come back from. I'm going to the swamp mono, apparently. We're taking Fiona and all her bag of tricks. All right, the Titans, my least favorite team. In the entire NFL when it comes to spreads. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Oh, well, they're on the road against the Broncos, who are a two-and-a-half-point home It's like the West Virginia weather. It's terrible. Mm. Well, it's got- not snowing. This is one of the harder games for me to pick because Denver's usually tough at home when they won last week. But uh, they lost a couple guys on defense, and I hate the Broncos. Let's go fighting Mike Brables two weeks in a row. Let's see if they can screw me again. <laughs> They're given two and a half. I like it. They got a new kicker. He won't miss four this week. <laughs> Mr. Brown's in deep thought here. I, I hate to say it. I'm going Denver. You're going Denver. Wow. That, that, have you ever picked Denver? No. This is the first this year. Yeah. I was also going to take Denver, so unfortunately I'm writing my name down on the Titans to see how that goes because I just think it's a home team thing, and Tennessee is so unpredictable. But you're the lone wolf again. Congratulations. <laughs> the Chargers. Can you believe that the Phillip Rivers kids are a seven-point favorite? I actually have absolutely no clue how they're a seven-point favorite. They have nobody. The Steelers have nobody. So you picking the Steelers? The Sunday night game of the week. It is. I'm taking Phillip Rivers and his oh. 16 kids to cover. I heard that the uh, Steelers are having open tryouts at quarterback this week. <laughs> So I'm going to go with the uh, Partridge family and uh, pick the Chargers. So I was also going to pick the Chargers to cover, so mercifully I am 
Writing my name down the Steelers. I don't know why. A Bengals fan taking the Steelers. Who's going to be their quarterback? I don't even know. Well, we don't know who won the trial yet. No. They're trotting out Tommy Maddox. Tommy Turnover himself. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Charlie Batch is still on the roster, isn't he? Somewhere. I mean, they should bring back Vic for one week. What about Dennis Dixon? Is he still around? I'd say so. Don't you, Vic could still sling it 60 yards. I'd love to have Neil O'Donnell. Neil O'Donnell would be all right. He'd be throwing some Charlie Batch. Who else do they have? Cordell Stewart. There you go. Yeah. Slash. Cordell. That, that's the one right there. All right, I, think, I think I'm done naming old Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> He'll do it. In all seriousness, Mason Rudolph has not yet been ruled out for this game. No, Seriously? No, they haven't ruled him out. Wow. I thought Even he was dead. Andrew, he was. <laughs> they resuscitated him. Right there on the sideline. <laughs> on the field. Clear. Oh, they had to take his face mask off to give him mouth to mouth. Ah. That looked bad because he went limp as he was falling to the ground. Well, that's what happens when you get knocked the F out. Mm. Mm. All right, last game, Monday night. The Lions on the road against the Packers. The black and blue division, the NFC North. The Packers are a a four-and-a-half-point home favorite. As much as my Patriots homerism wants me to take the rejuvenated Lions, (laughs) Bobby Lane-esque, blah, blah, blah. I, I can't. Green Bay at home. Uh, okay. <laughs> Bunch of gibberish and Biggie took Green Bay. <laughs> Packers. Oh, I also got the Packers, so I'm writing my name down. The Lions. So I have uh, effectively went against my intuition on every single pick. You guys caught me on that after about the third pick, obviously. You went full Costanza. I had to go full. These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> I'm just glad that you know. <laughs> Ah, my evening's complete. Lay Industries, we'll be okay. <laughs> well, I hope to climb out of the cellar. Congratulations on being over 500, Biggie, Mr. Brown. Hopefully, you can get above 500. And this is the week, and this this could be it. Maybe you can challenge for the title. Me, I'm just trying to get back to respectability. I think I'm 11 games under 500. It's not a good place to be. You're 14 games under 500. Thank you for keeping ah. score, you son of a. Ah. <laughs> Find the Bleacher Report thing. I got to be better than those guys. Well, I still feel continuously depressed after doing NFL picks, but that's okay because we had Bill's dad on this week, and that was a fantastic conversation. Definitely enjoyed that, fellas. No, he was great. Legendary. I think we're going to have a special guest NFL picks person next week. Can't tell you who, but it's going to be a longtime friend of the show. So keep you in suspense there. And also, how in the hell did we make a video that had 2.2 million views? Is it up to 2.2 now? Yeah, at least reached that many people. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm going to say this, like, uh, and I always say that for some reason. (laughs) But anyways. (laughs) So does Biggie. uh, (laughs) Obviously, I turned the game off after one inning, and uh, you text me, and you was like, I I got good news and bad news. And I'm like, all right, what's the good news? And you're like, uh, I made a video. And I believe it's going viral the way it's trending. And I'm like, okay, what's the bad news? And you're like, I am bashing the hell out of your beloved Atlanta Braves. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked at Jake and I was like, I don't even know how the hell to respond to this. <laughs> I guess it's good, but that's my luck. It's bittersweet that that's the one that went viral is on my Braves. You so enjoy it thank more. You. When you looked at it, how, how far was it? 
at, at views as far as when you checked? I was already pretty inebriated. Okay. So well, you I saw that it was taken off and I just put my phone back down. And I was okay. like, and I, I looked at Jake and I was like, this asshole. <laughs> <laughs> But you today know, it feels brother. pretty good, though, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, it makes it better the fact that it's got millions of views, and we can't never, we haven't been able to say that. No, millions of views. I mean, we've been in the thousands before, and it, it's thousands. just a little over twenty-four hours now, and it's reached over two million people. So, uh, congratulations! Hey, you know what? It, for all the times that you send me crap about my terrible teams, I owed you at least one. You did. You I did. wasn't trying to take advantage of you in your time of solace, though. It just happened to be the right storm. No. Uh, Perfect storm. <laughs> exactly. Patriots lose a heartbreaking Super Bowl. You'll have no problem sticking it to me. So oh, just yes. as long as it hits well, I have good. templates already created for when that happens. Yeah, but like, uh, here's what's funny though. Earlier, he was like, he told me yesterday, you just need to live in the moment. And, you know, it's fine they lost, you know. And he just he's <laughs> telling me, and then the Giants scored on a, on a, Inter- or in a fumble recovery because they, they murdered Brady on a sack, and he's over here cussing and going nuts in game six against the freaking Giants. And he's telling me to move on in an elimination game. Make yeah, that make sense. That, Your season's over. Move on. I got a lot of season left here. Oh, my gosh. This is why I'm glad your like, kicker just hit the upright and it fell off. This okay? is why people don't like Patriots. Fans. Flag on the play. Uh, is there really a flag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, America, we appreciate you. Stay classy. This has been the We Don't Know Sports podcast. And make sure you support Bill's dad and his charitable contributions he's working on. We'll see you next week. Laces were the wrong way. (laughs) Nobody cares.